0: Thanks everyone, Um, thank you for standing by and welcome to the Victoria Gold second quarter 2021 Zoom conference call. At this time, all participants are on mute. Uh, Please be advised that today's conference is being recorded and after the presentation, there will be a question and answer period. To register a question during the session, please do so in the chat function. To ask a question during the Q&A section, Please raise your hand. Uh, The raise your hand function is in the menu bar at the bottom of your screen. And with that, I'd now like to turn the call over to our speakers today. They are John McConnell, President and CEO, Mark Aranto, COO, and Marty Rendell, CFO. Please go ahead, John.
1: Good morning or afternoon or evening, everyone. It's a pleasure to see so many people joining. Um, see lots of uh, familiar names that I've talked to uh, either via Zoom or on the phone over the last uh, year and a half. Um, it would appear most people are shy. They've uh, got their video off. Um, so we're going to just summarize uh, how things went in Q2. And more of our focus will be on... Uh, costs and revenue, and that'll be led by Marty Rendell. Um, so just to, and then we'll have a Q&A period. So just to summarize uh, Q2 uh, operational results, I think the key numbers are gold produced. Um, we produced over t- 32,000 ounces of gold, and that is ramping up exactly as we budgeted. Um, so we continue to have, uh, a good quarter in Q3, um, and, you know, from, uh, uh, results, uh, we're very happy with how the ramp up is going and, you know, we will always be a bit of a seasonal operation until we get to year round stacking. So, you know, our production will be skewed to the second half and, uh, Certainly, we're seeing that, and uh, you can expect a sharp run-up in gold produced as we move into H2. Um, And I I don't think I need to review the specific numbers around mining or stacking. Um, What I'll do now is turn it over to Marty to elaborate on the financial aspects of the Q2 results.
2: Thanks, John. Uh, Hi, everyone. Um, I'll touch on some of the financial highlights. It is a a repetition from what is in the management discussion and analysis, as well as a press release. And then I will try to go in a little deeper in a couple of the more important numbers and provide a little bit of commentary uh, on the financial statements. So we did sell. 28,731 ounces of gold uh, during the quarter. We also do sell some silver, but it's uh, not material when compared to the gold ounces in revenue. Uh, Total revenue was 63.5 million. And that was based on an average realized selling price of just a shade under 1,800 US per ounce. Our operating earnings were approximately 21 million Canadian. Net income was 1.3 million Canadian or two cents per share. Uh, Our cash costs were $775 US per gold ounce, while our all in sustaining costs were uh, 1485 per ounce of gold sold. Earnings before interest tax depreciation and amortization were 28 million Canadian, while free cash flow deficiency was 15.5 million Canadian. Cash and cash equivalents at the end of the quarter uh, were 14.8 million, and we did repay 7.6 million Canadian dollars against uh, our principal um, debt facilities. So that's a bit of a regurgitation from the press release. If we look a little closer to a couple of the numbers, um, we mentioned cash. And the cash $14.8 million is uh, materially lower than it was at year end. And that is as a result of our new debt facilities. We did refinance our debt facilities at materially uh, lower interest costs uh, very late in 2020. And that refinancing did include uh, a revolving credit facility. And that revolving credit facility provides us with quite a bit of flexibility. We can draw on it when we need to, we can repay it whenever we want. And therefore we manage our cash through that revolver. And so going forward in the short to medium term, uh, we should expect our cash to remain fairly low and we'll use a revolver to keep our interest charges low as. as well as keep our debt balances as low as possible, rather than managing it through our cash. Uh, The other number you'll notice on the balance sheet is the total debt. And I was happy that we were able to reduce our debt over the first half Uh, marginally, not a lot, but we did reduce our debt. And this is during, uh, as John mentioned, our seasonally low half of the year, and we'll expect that debt to fall materially in H2 as our free cash flow picks up substantially. The other number to notice on the balance sheet, uh, it's one of the bigger numbers on there, is inventory. Recall that our inventory uh, on our balance sheet is valued at the lower of cost or market. Obviously, uh, it is cost that it's valued at. And it's jumped all the way up to over 120 million Canadian. So this is really being a very substantial use of working capital since we started the mine uh, operating, uh, you know, a year and a half to two years ago, uh, building that inventory has been very expensive on the pad. And it's now at the end of Q2 with a little over 85,000 ounces of recoverable gold um, in inventory. Uh, Again, over H2 as our production picks up, that uh, inventory will no longer be the massive use of cash and working capital as it has been to date. As that pad is getting uh, to a state that is getting close to uh, fully pregnant, whereas we're going forward, we should be pulling off almost as much recoverable gold as we're putting on, really, for the first time since we started operations. So, from a cash flow point of view, that bodes well for H2. If we look over at the income statement and comment on a couple of the numbers there, uh, gross profit and operating profit were very similar in Q2 as they were in Q1, again, through our seasonally uh, lower production half of the year. However, you'll notice net income was lower in Q2 than Q1 at 1.3 million Canadian. Really the primary reason for that lower net income is uh, a loss on derivatives during Q2 versus a gain in q1 and uh, most of that loss is unrealized and non-cash at the current time and that's a result of number one uh, a higher gold price at the end of q2 uh, meaning we have a loss on the call options that we sold uh, early in construction and number two is our share price was higher at the end of q2 than q1 meaning any stock options uh, experienced a loss uh, again, a paper loss, not cash loss. Um, just to comment further on the on the derivatives, uh, uh, the caller that we put in place, which is selling call options and buying put options, uh, we put that in place a few years ago for construction. Um, happily, it is coming to an end and there's only 30,000 ounces left on that hedge uh, and it will be over by the end of this year and therefore will no longer, uh, be a drain on our cash. So we're looking forward to that. Uh, if we look at some of our non IFRS or, or non accounting uh, measures, I think one that uh, many people follow, including us closely, is the all in sustaining cost per ounce. Um, the cost, uh, all in sustaining cost per ounce during the quarter was 1,485 US uh, per production ounce sold during the quarter. And that is high. And again, as John mentioned, the Q1 and Q2 are lower production. In fact, if you look at our guidance, QH2 is expected to produce more than twice as much as H1 and therefore we'll definitely see our unit costs fall. So again, all in sustaining costs per ounce, the the formula is all in sustaining costs divided by production ounces. So our denominator should rise substantially in H2. And if we look at the numerator, which is the cost side, they are relatively close to predictions. They're a little bit higher, and we did touch on that in the MDNA. And they're a little higher due to a number of reasons, including uh, widespread cost a- escalation. I think we're seeing that across the industry, uh, frankly, across the world in all industries um, uh, due to COVID and the printing presses that have been running full time. So we are seeing some inflation and escalation. Um, The other one that affects it quite a bit is the exchange rate. Again, the all-in sustaining cost per ounce is a US dollar number. And uh, the majority of our costs are in Canadian dollars. So we we do see some cost pressure from that uh, uh, US dollar Canadian dollar exchange rate. Uh, However, um, as per our guidance, Uh, we're looking at coming in towards the higher end of our guidance numbers, which is 1175 US per ounce. So from 1485 this quarter to a yearly average of 1175, you can certainly see that we expect a massive uh, reduction in our unit costs in H2. And that's all I've got for now, John.
1: Lenora, what's the process if people have questions?
0: Sorry, <laughs> if if you have questions, you can uh, raise your hand or you can put your question in the chat. Okay, John, I don't see any questions. Oh, there's one. Just a moment. Tom has a question. We have a question from Mark Riley.
3: Hi. Yeah, Uh, I couldn't unmute myself, so sorry for the delay. I'll try from the Suffolk in England, uh, just interested uh, in um, production expectancy, I know there's some variability, Uh, in the statement out recently said that the uh, figures coming in were at the lower end of expectations, of course that's at the end of Q2, we're now in August, Uh, at the moment are we on track to hit the lower end of expectations?
1: Um, Yeah, it's john mcconnell and then i'll let Marty elaborate but uh, you know we're bang on our budget for q3 so um, our guidance uh, is fully intact. Any additional comments Marty. I
2: just maybe a note john that uh, you know it's interesting when you look at our financial statements, they are in our balance sheet, uh, there is at the end of q2 which. you know 46 days ago now so they're already very slightly stale um, as they're at the end of June 30th however I would note that the management discussion and analysis is right up to the date of that document which was on Friday so everything in that management discussion and analysis includes everything we know right up until Friday and so as John said Our production estimate saying that we're looking to be to the lower end of our guidance range on production and to the upper end of our guidance range on cost. That's right up to date and current. Thank you.
0: Okay, there's a question from Tom Calandra.
4: Yeah, so hi, how are you doing, Lenora? So that's great. So John and um, Marty. Marty, you mentioned them this massive reduction in H2. I just trying to understand uh, again, what is the main driver? I mean, that's a sharp drop in unit costs for the second.
2: It is a sharp drop. And the main driver is the uh, denominator of that equation. Our all in sustaining costs as a numerator that actually stays relatively constant. We do see a little bit of fluctuation mostly due to timing of sustaining capital. However, it stays relatively constant. What isn't staying constant is that denominator and the ounces. So if you can imagine, we've got the same costs on top divided by over twice as much production in H2. And therefore our all-in sustaining cost is constant while our production doubles.
4: And that's seasonal. In other words, you're you're always going to do better in the second half in terms of uh, ounces. And Until any-
1: we get to year-round stacking. Once we're at year-round stacking, then we'll, you know, which we're targeting in 2023, then we will no longer be seasonal.
4: Right. You mentioned that in the press release, John. So um, uh, the other thing is that the um, uh, the greater production this year for this fiscal year is any of it coming from that reserve that you talk about the. Uh, something like 85,000 ounces in the mineral reserve that are recoverable.
2: Uh, yeah, just just a little bit of miscommunication maybe here. The 85,000 is not a reserve, so to speak. Huh. That are actual; those are actual ounces that we've mined and we we've crushed or we've tracked them over to the heap leach pad. So the vast majority of those 85,000 ounces are sitting on our heap leach pad. There being um, solutions being added to them as we speak, and they're running their way through our plant, and to be poured um, in the future, including much of it in H two. Right. And so, yes, uh, those are uh, high confidence ounces because a lot of those ounces in H two are already on the pad, although we continue to add more material uh, daily.
4: And finally, the you know the addition. The uh, transition to full year stacking. I I know I should understand this, having been there. Um, Why? uh, Why is it taking, you know, this amount of time to get to that uh, of addition? uh, In other words, to have uh, more stacking.
1: Yeah, we're being cautious. Um, we're following the process that uh, Kinross did at Fort Knox and uh, you know we're just being very careful the last thing we want to do is uh, freeze a section of the leach pad because then you'd never get that gold out so um, you know we've learned from the last two winters uh, and uh, made some changes in how we stack and uh, we'll continue to do that, and we're pretty confident that by twenty twenty three we can get to year round stacking.
4: Okay, thanks, gentlemen. Appreciate it.
1: Thanks Tom thanks, Tom. I think Martin has a call uh, question
3: as well.
5: Yes, I was wondering when we would hear about the exploration. I think it's Raven or Nugget, where we've got all the girls running.
1: Yeah. So we're out at Raven now. Um, we've got, uh, three drills out there. Uh, it's been a challenge not getting drills this year, but it's been a challenge getting people. So I won't say that three drills are running full time right now because I think it's more like two and a half. Um, but, uh, you know, our big spend will be in August and September, and we'll probably start seeing uh, some results uh, probably by October, because the Yukon is very busy this summer. Thank
0: you. Okay, we have a question from Paul, and he would ask, and he'd like John to discuss the merger process. Where, are, where do we stand and what's the potential timelines?
1: Yeah, thanks for that question, Paul. I can't really uh, talk about M&A activity, Um, you know, other than to say, uh, you know, Coor is now a large shareholder of Victoria, um, and we are running a a soft process. Uh, You know, we've signed a number of CAs, and we've opened a data room. But other than that, I can't provide any further information at this time.
0: Okay, and we have a question from Vit, um, any update? Oh, right, it was the same question. Sorry, it was an update on the core transaction. Uh, let me just see if there's another another question here. there's um, a question, can you please comment on the 2022 production analysis estimates of 220,000 ounces at an all-in sustaining cost of 850 ounces.
1: We haven't provided any guidance for 2022 uh, production yet. So I'm not sure where those numbers come from, maybe from the feasibility study, but uh, we will be publishing guidance uh, for 2022, probably uh, in the latter half of Q4.
0: Okay, and he also asked if there's any thoughts on the 2023 production costs and full year stacking.
1: Yeah, um, just to comment, you know, we have a project I've talked about, which is uh, project 250k, and that's to get to 250,000 ounces per year uh, by 2023, um, and that'll be from two areas. One is getting to year-round stacking and the other is by screening off fines and direct hauling that to the leach pad, giving us more capacity through the crushing plant. Um, We're doing on that aspect, we're doing the uh, uh, engineering right now and uh, we'll probably make some announcements in Q4 about the timing of making those changes in the process and the timing of getting to 250,000 ounces per year.
0: Okay, and there's another question from David. With respect to the merger, does the lower share price make the company more attractive for a merger or less attractive in your opinion?
1: Um, Again, I can't really comment on that, Uh, you know, uh, you guys are all sophisticated investors and uh, I suspect uh, you have your own opinion on that question.
0: Okay, Um, so just to repeat, if you have a question, uh, please raise your hand or put it into the chat function. Okay, John. Um it doesn't look like we have any further questions, so I'll hand it back over to you. Oh, hang on. There is one more question from Mark. Hey Mark. Uh so just to unmute
3: them. Hi. Yeah. Yeah, hi, I've just unmuted it. Can you hear me? Yes. Good. Uh, sorry for my lack of knowledge. Um, can I just go back to the 85 ounces that are on the pad? Did you say they're in reserve? If so, where do they come from? I'm a relatively new shareholder, so I am be a bit behind the curve here.
2: Yeah, sure. So yes, those ounces did come out of the reserve in the pit. So obviously, we've got millions of ounces of resource in the pit. Much of it is a reserve. Um, however, the ounces on the pad are, did come from our resource in the pit. They've been mined, processed, placed on the pad, and so now they're inventory. Once they get to a stockpile or the heap leach pad or in our, uh, our process plant, that's when we add them to inventory.
3: And so can I just check that at the end of H2, they weren't inventory?
2: Yes, at the end of H2, they were in inventory and they're on our balance sheet under inventory. Uh, and the valuation is $120 million of inventory at the end of H2 um and that's eighty five thousand ounces is a large portion of that 120 million yeah that's correct thank you
0: okay and we have a question from rick um and rick i've asked you to unmute there you go um rick we can't hear you I, oh, okay. So he's, he sent it to me in a in a, ta, in a text. Uh, why is the company investing in Banyan, and when are we looking to sell?
1: Um, we've been, you know, Banyan. We've been a shareholder of for a number of years. Uh, we've ended uh, the. Uh, A property into Banyan, and Alexco vended a property into Banyan. So there's was the original Orex property um, that we vended. Uh, We, as a result of that vending, we uh, became a shareholder, and we've participated in all of Banyan's financings to date. And if you follow Banyan, uh, they're having excellent exploration success. Um, and the property is uh, at kilometer one of our access road, so uh, very close. And uh, you know, we felt it was an excellent opportunity to increase our position in the recent financing.
0: Okay, and we have one more. Randjan has a question
5: yeah. as well. Yeah, he's
0: yeah. on. Mm-hmm.
5: Hey, hey John, you can't see me but let me try.
1: You're because hiding. I,
5: I have a really good cap on my
1: <laughs> that looks good on you.
5: I hope yeah. you're
1: wearing it when you play tennis.
5: Yeah it's true and when I'm hopefully counting my winnings from Victoria. I was the person who asked the question on your 22 production and thank you for the guidance on on 23. I presume everything is on on track. Uh, my question was to you and to Marty, who mentioned cost increases, and you mentioned that the Yukon is particularly busy at this point of time. Can you can you just expound on that a little bit?
1: Yeah, Marty, you want to hit that one?
2: Well, again, our, our costs. Uh are not too far out. The reason our all-in sustaining costs are high in H1 is really production related is 80% of it. Um, But the other 20% is due to increased uh, uh, all-in sustaining costs. Um, And as mentioned, uh, we are seeing widespread cost escalation. I guess the easiest one for us to comment on is fuel. And fuel is 20 to 30% higher than um, our budget or our forecast and we thought we were being conservative at the time but uh, fuel prices have come up significantly uh, as as you're aware we're seeing those same types of increases uh, across the board whether it be lime or our largest cost is labor and there is uh, cost pressures on labor as well so we're seeing these cost pressures across the board and uh, so that's relating to you know if I if I had to put a number on it at this point 10 to 15 percent higher costs across the board uh, than we may have anticipated uh, at the end of last year when we put our budgets together. Um, and I mentioned on the all sustaining cost, I, again, it's in U.S. dollars, and uh, the uh, U.S. dollar has been strong relative to the uh, Canadian dollar, and uh, so that makes our U.S. dollar costs look higher on a per-unit basis.
5: And is the... Shortage of labor affecting your heat bleach operations, also just piling stuff and moving? What,
1: stuff. I wouldn't say it's affecting the heat bleach, uh, engine, but you know, we do have a fair amount of turnover, and we're constantly hiring people and training them. And where it affects the costs is on productivity. So, you know, when we do our budgeting, we uh, assume a certain productivity from our employees. And in some cases it's lower because of the turnover.
5: Thank you, John.
0: Okay. So uh, here's the last call for any questions. Please raise your hand. Okay, John, it doesn't look like we have any more questions. So I'll hand it over to you
1: to close the meeting. All right, thanks everyone. It's uh, been a pleasure chatting with everyone and uh, you know we'll uh, chat again uh, in the, I guess that'll be uh, sometime in October uh, related to the uh, Q3 uh, financial results.
2: Cheers everyone.